Gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. The Flex Network is back on the airwaves here. Uh, I am Flex Mike at Flex Mike 11 on Twitter. This is the Flex Network at the Flex Network one on Twitter. The man to my side is just drinking away. He is the snowman at AJS dead snow on Twitter. He's drinking his sorrows away. The Seahawks have dropped in the playoffs. They're out of here. His, his soul is crushed. Snow. Give me a couple of words. What are you um, feeling? I, I, this has just been a really bad weekend i mean great for football but bad weekend in general for hawk fans and bad weekend in general for me i mean heck the seahawks lose and then my surefire pick on sunday has an utter collapse what is the blue hell or in layman's terms, for you know, Flex Matt, Mike would or Matt would say, "What the f- <laughs> Pittsburgh? What happened?" I mean, I I don't think it's as is as surprising to me as it is to a lot of people. Pittsburgh had lost four of their last five. Um, and they haven't looked good. They haven't been passing the ball that well. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster seems to be a little more entertained by dancing and making, you know, pregame TikTok videos than he is about football. I never cared for Juju that much, to be honest. Um, there are, you know, there's there are all these people who come out during the uh, the season after Antonio Brown left and started saying, oh, is Juju going to be the new guy, the main guy? And, I mean, he's a big part of their offense, but uh, I, for me, I'm just not – I don't know. I guess I'm lower on him than a lot of people are. He still has good numbers and stuff like that. It's just like when you start to talk elite receiver, which is when Antonio Brown there, he was an elite receiver. He was one of the top five guys. Um, Juju's not that. And so um, – we, we kind of got yeah. a lot of things that we need to break down here, but um, I, I just want to cover, cover a couple of topics real quick. Uh, there's been some, there's been plenty of coaching changes as you might imagine. 
Um, what do they refer to that as? Black Monday? Is that what they call oh, that yeah. when, when the coaches get fired? Um, yeah. So a, a, a couple of deals um, have gone on. Let's start with uh, let's start with the Cowboys fired their defensive coordinator Mike Nolan. He's out of there as he should have been. Um, they retain Kellen Moore as their offensive coordinator. Mike McCarthy, of course, stays there. And then the Cowboys waste about maybe a day, and they bring in a former uh, defensive coordinator for the Seahawks, Dan Quinn, former head coach for the Atlanta Falcons, Dan Quinn. They bring him in to be the defensive coordinator. A lot of people are really mad about that. The, these these Cowboys fans, you know, this is this is how you know that they – Sometimes some of these fans don't really understand or don't really know what's going on. You know, um, Dan Quinn uh, cut his teeth as a defensive coordinator. He was a major part in the whole Legion of Boom uh, defense in Seattle. And so um, I, I, I personally think it's going to make Dallas good as long as they can get the the personnel. If they can get the right players in there, then he can make them good. Um, what they rolled out onto the field this last season was by no means acceptable at all. It was on some New York Jets level, and so a little bit uh, underwhelming. Uh, but but what did you think when you heard the 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 Dan Quinn uh, hiring there in Dallas for their defensive coordinator spot? I think that was a very interesting pickup for Dallas. Uh, I mean, yeah, they got the guy that, uh, of course, up here in Seattle with LOB, uh, and he has proven been a proven commodity on the defensive side. Uh, I felt like early on when he was in Atlanta with uh, as the head coach, he was okay, but as it went along. It just was like, okay, the shine is losing, and now you're seeing what's, you know, how he's going to handle himself as a head coach. And obviously, Atlanta 86'd him at the end of the season, and now they're looking for a new head coach, and Dallas is going to pick up a, a great defensive mind in Dan Quinn. Right. Right. Um, okay. So then. That happened. Um, let's see. The Bears and the Bears kept their GM and their head coach. Um, mm -hmm. The owner said he was impressed with both of them, so th they stay put. Um, then, then you have the Seahawks. Uh, this this one was interesting to me. Um, we're going to talk more about the Seahawks in a minute, but they fired uh, Brian Schottenheimer, and he is gone. He's out of Seattle. Um, there's a lot of things that you, you could say about that. I'll, I'll just say that I remember a few years back when the Seahawks fired, um, they fired Chard cause he was the defensive coordinator and then they fired, um, Daryl Bevel and both of those guys were out. We got a new offensive coordinator and, uh, Brian Schottenheimer. And then we got a new defensive coordinator in Ken Norton jr. And, immediate reaction when I heard about those hirings was that those were just temporary. I didn't think that Brian Schottenheimer was the guy that Pete Carroll really liked. I felt as if it was kind of just, he was, you know, almost like a substitute teacher. You're holding a spot until we can get the guy that we want. You know, um, I didn't think that they 
for him that much to begin with. I know that they like Ken Norton Jr. Um, his contract is up currently, so that's why you're not really seeing a firing there. His contract has just expired. And so it's a matter of are they going to re-sign him or are they going to bring in someone else? I think we'll probably hear something about that in the next week or two. Um, there's a lot of names floating out there about who Seattle could hire for their offensive coordinator position. Um, they're, uh, the guy from Kansas City, uh, Eric, uh, what's his name? B enemy or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. And here's the thing for all the Seahawks fans out there. He's not leaving Kansas City to come here and do the same exact position. If he's leaving Kansas City, he's getting a head coaching job somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something to think about. Um, and then we'll see what happens with the defensive coordinator position. No one really knows. There's been some names that have thrown around with, with both those positions. I know with the offensive coordinator position, my personal favorite and is the most Russell Wilson type of coordinator that you could ask for would be Doug Peterson, who who just got fired out of Philadelphia. And so, um, Snow, give me, give me immediate reactions to, to the Seattle coaching changes. Uh, well, for our offensive got our offensive coordinator that just was released hallelujah and i mean because a lot of people have been wishing and praying for that to happen he gone uh obviously they're signing you know philosophy or directional uh problem i mean not really directional but more like they wanted to separate and they just had opposing views of what they wanted to do and yeah, I think I think the article said philosophical differences, yeah. which to me when I hear that is Pete Carroll wants to run the ball more, Brian Schoenheimer doesn't, and so you go one way, we go the other way. Yeah. I mean, and realistically you could see it in the team this year just on the aspect of yeah, Russell Wilson was cooking all you know, pretty much the first half of the season. He was cooking. The run game was and then once we got into the second half, the kitchen was starting to shut down. It was sputtering and it was, you know, just barely getting out of games uh, with, you know, maybe a, a touchdown lead, a field goal lead and just not being that dominant on the offensive side. I mean, and granted, you know, defense was, you know, the same, you know, just we knew what we were getting with defense this year uh, struggling, but. When you hear this, you know, of course, you hear uh, differences. It it clearly indicates again, you know, I want to throw the one coach wants to run the ball more and you know maybe throw a little bit less, while the other one wants to. No, we need to throw. We need to throw. Uh, we can toss in some run games here and there to get them off balance, but it didn't. Obviously, it didn't work. That that's why they let him go, and the. Other highlight for, you know, in the Seahawks organization is that we kept John Schneider. He signed for a six six more year hitch, which is great to get him for you know to keep him on for six more years. Yeah, the, you know, I I said it in our show last week. the The rumor coming out of Detroit about Detroit being interested in him, um, that's all smoke and mirrors. John Schneider's not trying to leave a, a, a organization that he's helped build. Um, mm -hmm. to go to a failing organization like the Detroit Lions. 
He's not going to go to the Lions. He's not going to go to the Jets. He's not going to go to these teams that have been historically bad. And so um, that could have just been, uh, you know, a move on the, on, on the agency's part to get his contract extended so he could have a little more security. Now he's uh, now he's locked in all the way through the 2027 draft. So, um, yeah, we have him for some time. So, um you know, as as far as some of to respond to some of the comments that you made, um, I'll agree with you that the, you know, that Russ was cooking about the first half of the season, mm-hmm. and then something something happened, um, and and you remember this the first year when when Brian Schottenheimer first got here, he he admitted publicly that he was kind of in awe of being able to coach Russell Wilson, and he was like. He was standing back and like watching Russell Wilson as opposed to coaching him. He was kind of like a fan watching the game. Um, and Pete Carroll had to have that meeting with him, you know, early on in the season. He's like, hey, we got to get things going the way we want to. We need to run the ball. We need to have balance. We need to, you know, we can throw it all over the yard, but you got to have balance to, you know. That was to me this year was was the clear issue was the fact that the run game was non-existent and so the, the passing on that level where like I don't know if you realize this but at one point Russell Wilson was was on pace to throw for like you know like sixty touchdowns and like mm-hmm. you know close to oh, yeah. seven thousand yards like that's an that's insane and that you obviously can't keep that up but um, those are just those are things that you that are good, but they only last for so long. And I, I think those philosophical differences um, showed themselves in the regular season and Pete Carroll had enough at a certain point. And I think that's when, I think that's when the offense went to a place where it was, where it, you know, we're scoring 40 points a game and now we're scoring like 16 points a game. Like that's an issue. And so Pete Carroll was not happy about that. You know, and and we did go through a stretch where our running backs were hurt, and it is what it is. But yeah. there, there was there were some clear issues there, um, and and if your eyes were open, you could see it. Yeah, it it was one of those things where, uh, first five weeks we're rolling. We go through Atlanta, the Pats, Cowboys, the Dolphins, and the Vikings, and we just you know we're rolling. We hit that. We hit our six, uh, six week bye. We get our break, and we come back, and we lose by three to the Cards on Sunday night in Arizona. So that I think that's where the thing where it started to change. Because yeah, next week we came back and beat the 49ers. but then we go on this two game lose uh, streak, losing a tough game to Buffalo, and losing our first uh, round to in week 10 to the Rams by I want to sit by seven right there. So yeah, it was, it was seven, but, but it was, they were kicking our butt, you know, the the Rams game, the, the Rams game that you mentioned, um, we lost that game in overtime and that was a game that we were leading by 10 late in the fourth quarter. And we mm-hmm. gave it up and let them get back into it. But one of the things that um, that I noticed was that that Cardinals game is right about where the the crazy um, turnovers. Russell Wilson went on that streak of like, 
you know, not really protecting the ball, kind of just throwing the ball up, hoping guys would catch it. And that's where he was receiving a lot of criticism from like mm-hmm. different people. Um, and so it's, it's just one of those, you know, it's one of those things that people were really frustrated with him, not protecting the ball. And, 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 you know, Pete Carroll was vocal about it in these press conferences. And he talked about, he was like, Hey, we're going to get back to running the ball. We're going to get back to, uh, uh, protecting the ball, number one, because you can't win games if you're turning the ball over. Like, of course, that Cardinals game brought a bright spot with DK chasing down Buda Baker down that sideline, which was probably one of the best highlights of the entire season. Oh. But um, it was also very... It, it was very irritating to watch games like that. The Buffalo game, Russell Wilson had multiple turnovers. Buffalo kicked our butt, made our defense look terrible, which it was at the time. And so mm-hmm. um, we went through that stretch of not being good. And then we righted the ship a little bit. Defense started playing just a heck of a lot better. And uh, we turned it around. But you could see the offensive struggles continuing. Uh, my number one fear was that if we did get into a defensive struggle type of game, that the offense wasn't going to be able to win it for us. And that's yeah. ultimately what happened this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, this was something that a lot of Seahawks fans kind of realized and thought with the defense aspect of it is that this this was a real shock to everyone up here to see what Seattle did against the Rams. I mean, yeah, we won the West by beating out the Rams and you know splitting the series with them, but. The de- we were only doing that with the offense and maybe defense uh, maybe at 75%. But now with the playoffs and everything gets you know turned up a notch and everything's more important now where it's win or go home, win in advance, LA came out guns blazing and they knew that they wanted payback for losing that a- NFC West title. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would say that. I mean, who wouldn't want some payback? But one thing that I would also talk about is that the the Rams defensively, that's the number one defense in the NFL first. Um, second, I would say that Seattle is very capable of beating that team. Any, I mean, Seattle's capable of beating any team anytime they play them. They're just one of those teams that always has a chance to win. You know, those the, the more elite teams in the NFL can do that. Like the Packers right now can do that. They can beat any team they play against, you know, the, the saints are that they could beat any team they play against. And so, um, although the win is annoying, um, I'll say, or I mean, yeah, their win is annoying. Our loss is equally annoying. Um, I'll say that Seattle's Seattle's got some things they got to take care of. Um, I just pulled it up here. Seattle has 10 free agents that are, Mm -hmm. I mean, they have more free agents than that, but these are, these are 10. Listen to this. You got Chris Carson, Shaquille Griffin, uh, KJ Wright, Puna Ford, Ethan Posick, David Moore, Quentin Dunbar, Jacob Hollister, Benton Mayoa, and Brian Monet. That's probably our top 10 free agents right now. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Chris Carson's very important to the offense. And if Pete Carroll cares about him the way he says he does, and you would expect 
maybe some movement there to get the running back back in there, get him under contract again. But I mean, you got your starting corner, um, KJ Wright, who can play all the linebacker positions. Very valuable. Had a heck of a season this year. Um, one of your D tackles, Puna Ford. You got your starting center. You got your your third receiver. Um, one of your tight ends. One of your starting D ends. You know, you've got guys that are pretty amazing. Uh, or let's not say amazing. Pretty important to the team. Um, that you have to resign. And so, I mean. Other than that, you've got other guys that need to be re-signed. You know, you, you had a, a lot of guys on one-year deals. So there's a lot of things for John Schneider and Pete Carroll to get taken care of. Um, and so they got to take care of that. And, um, and and Cowboy Cam is officially joining us for the he, night. He is, is here, here. here, And he should be drinking along with me for the <laughs> Pittsburgh game. Oh, wow. I wish well, I was uh, on that but- but I am at the in-laws, and I'll be running errands like crazy. So finally, I'm here. The great one has arrived, all right? The great one's here. I know that these guys so are not I, the uh, official brand, you know, sponsor of this area, but I like to shout out to Cat Morgan for this, <laughs> for this weekend. Um, okay, so now that Cam's here, let's, let's get into our recaps real quick. I'm going to run through them, and then um, we've we've talked our heads off on, on all of this um, – on all the Seahawks stuff you could possibly want to hear. So we'll move yeah. on from there. So like I said, Rams beat the Seahawks 30 to 20. The Colts lose to the Bills 27 to 24 in a very close game. Um, the Buccaneers take care of Washington 31 to 23. Buccaneers did offensively kind of what we thought they would do. And then, mm-hmm. and then Washington played out of their minds, you know, um, Alex Smith did not get the start in that game because he was hurt calf injury. Ravens come out. They beat the Titans 20 to 13. Uh, Saints beat the bears 21 to nine and the Browns beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 48 to 37 after, um, a horrendous after, after a horrendous first quarter, Cleveland was up 28 to nothing at the end of the first. And, uh, that's pretty much how, how that went. Um, let's start real quick. Snow Colts bills watching that game. I could not help, but want to root for the Colts, even though I picked the bills to win. Cause I figured they would win. Um, I was rooting for the Colts the entire time. Um, and man, watching that game, the Bills got so lucky. I mean, like every time the momentum could shift, like if there was a fumble on the ground, the ball bounced their way. If there was, you know, something happening, just, just, I don't know, man. I guess the football gods were, uh, were on their side um, that day. And so, what did you think of the game? This was a a game that everyone wanted to see. I mean, you got Buffalo who's making their first, uh, you know, real good appearance in the playoffs uh, since what? The nineties, literally since the nineties. Um, and you, this is the team that everyone was thinking that was going to, you know, the team that, that 
was on the field was going to be a dominant force. This game was a very well orchestrated game on both sides of the ball to give the fans a great game. Yeah, bad bounces and everything galore. Uh, Indy gave it the old college try to knock out uh, their their rival in the in their own division, trying to knock down uh, Buffalo early in the first round, and it didn't come up that way. No, they're not in the same division. Buffalo's in the AFC East, and the Colts are in the AFC South. Oh yeah, for uh, oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, the because Buffalo's in there with the New York Jets, uh, the Patriots, and oh the yeah, yeah, Miami I, Dolphins. Yeah, my, yeah, I was no, just but the, they're they're both in they're both in the AFC. So okay, um, yeah. either way, it's an important game. Um, Buffalo comes out, they take care of that one. Um, you guys were really high on let. I want to talk about the two games that you guys were on. You guys were swearing up and down about um, let's start Ravens Titans. I got looked at and talked to like I was a crazy person for picking Baltimore over Tennessee. Both of you guys went Tennessee. I went Baltimore. Um, so what did you, what did you think about that whole situation? Snow, the, the Baltimore and, um, this was a, another great game. Uh, unfortunately, the Titans came up short, and I was, you know, swearing that Oh Henry was going to get, sh- you know, was going to ball out. But the Baltimore Ravens just swooped in and ate the Oh Henry bar up all almost all game, and they shut him down. Yeah, there was a. Let's see here. Uh, Derek Henry on the day had 18 carries for 40 yards. That is not a Derek Henry type of game. Um, Derek Henry came out there and uh, basically was, it's almost like he used up all his rushing yards in the, in the previous week. So he could hit that 2000 yard mark. But uh, Cam, what'd you think about that game? The, the Baltimore and Tennessee game. Um, well, one Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson. Um, I I don't want to put I don't want to bash Derrick Henry because the Ravens defense came out to play. They were set in stone on stopping Derrick Henry, and an early matchup that was winning was AJ Brown. And <clears throat> this is kind of the thing with Ryan Tannehill: if the run game isn't working, what are you what are you good at, Ryan Tannehill? Can you can you lead your team to victory? And ultimately, the run game wasn't working, and Ryan Tannehill couldn't get it done. Um, he got an early touchdown to A.J. Brown, which was amazing, amazing touchdown. But besides that, it was a very mediocre, plain, blah game. You know, he was very unclutch, I guess you could say. He was very unclutch. Um, but Mike Vrabel, who is a coach who will say he'll, he'll do anything to win, I think he had a fourth and two situation. He had a fourth and two situation, and I think he chose to punt the ball. And I'm like, if Derrick Henry's my guy, you have to give him a chance to run that ball. You have to give him a chance, no matter what. I think Derrick Henry falling forward gets you two yards. All right. So ultimately, the the, the Ravens just wanted it more. That's what it seemed like. The Ravens just wanted this game a whole lot more than the Titans did. 
Yeah. Again, the defense played a huge factor because comparing to the rushing yards, Baltimore had 236 and the Titans had a mere 51. So this was the game plan. Shut down Henry and make Titans throw it. And yeah, throwing game, it was 158 for the Titans and the Baltimore Ravens had 165. But again, it, it felt like a flip-flop. Baltimore ran the ball more and got more yards. It looks like they got more yards with, against the run, with the run game compared to their uh, passing, which with Lamar Jackson, he's got that arm. So, Yeah, um, it was just one of those situations where ever since Lamar won the MVP, there's been a lot of talk about, oh, Lamar's not good, and he's this and he's that. L Lamar Jackson is still an athlete. And you still have to respect his scrambling ability. You have to respect his arm, although he's not as accurate as he needs to be at times. If you're open, you're open. And as long as he can get it within a three-yard window, then, I mean, I'd say at least 70 or 80% of the time you can make that catch. And there were some... There were some uh, some drops in this game by Marquise Hollywood Brown that kept this game as close as it looks on paper. Um, Marquise Brown dropped multiple passes that were thrown to him where he was 30 yards downfield running out of bounds and, and, and he just didn't bring it in for whatever reason. And so um, Baltimore deserved to win this game. Their defense was frustrated. You know, Cam talks about A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, that was working early, but Marcus Peters got in his face and frustrated him. A.J. Brown, um, for I won't say the first time, but he got into a position where he started getting really frustrated with uh, these, uh, you know, passes behind him or. DB's knocking passes down. He didn't get a chance to get his hands on the ball, catch the ball like he wanted to. And basically Baltimore said, we don't, necess we don't necessarily have to shut you down. We just have to slow you down and disrupt you, get you out of sync, and then that'll mess up everything else. And then and then you get into, you know, when, when Ryan Tannehill threw that interception late in the game, he was trying to force the ball to A.J. Brown, and Marcus Peters was always looking for the interception. That's his – that's his – uh that's the Marcus Peters. Um, That's his bread and butter. That's his bread and butter, well, baby. It's, it's not his bread. It, it is his bread and butter. So that's a good thing to say about it. It's also a bad thing because his eyes are always in the backfield because he's yep. looking for that interception. Um, so he gets burnt that way sometimes. But um, Cam, final thoughts on, on that game before we move on. Um, I'm going to need to see more from this Ravens offense for them to be the – Super Bowl contenders, you know, that we 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 imagine them to be. Um, you know, so they got and the Titans defense is tough. So, you know, I'll give them, I'll give the Ravens that. You beat a tough Titans defense, but I need to see more from your offense for me to just say, hey, you guys can make the Super Bowl out of that AFC. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay, so let's cover our last game of the wild card weekend. Um uh before we get to that, I kind of want to drop some respect to the to the to the afternoon game for the Saints and Chicago game. Not only on the CBS side, but on the Nickelodeon side, because that was an enjoyable 
get. I mean, the, it was a bad game for Chicago. Let's. Oh be yeah, honest. terrible game. Terrible but it game, was. But... Nickelodeon made it so much better. Oh yeah, I mean, that they had hyped this game up for that they were going to say that we're hosting a wild card game, and unfortunately, they get the Chicago and Saints game. Unfortunately, I feel like they could have gotten maybe uh, Buffalo and Indy. And that would have been a lot better, but the the graphics and what they were doing for the show, it was pleasingly enjoyable, especially for kids who are going to, you know, oh, what, you know, let's what for your kids to watch, you know, NFL game. They're yep. getting, they're learning about the game, and you know, you got the little pop ups of like when referees make the calls of young Sheldon just popping up and telling you what what the penalty was and how you know throwing a little you know, jab in there with his show. But what was even more funny is, unfortunately for Nickelodeon, they got the uh, old F-bomb in the game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> From a Chicago Bear. Because it's like, like, what the fuck? <laughs> Cordell, like, Patterson, I, hey, Cordell Patterson forgot where he was. <laughs> like, but he, he did I don't think he remembered that. Oh, wait a minute. This is also being shown on Nickelodeon. And this yeah, we're is on not TV that's 14 not... over here. <laughs> we got kids over here that are also watching, but the slime zone was this, the slime. Oh, yeah. I loved cool. it. I, I loved it. Oh, uh, man. Um, and it, was, it was weird because there were a few few adults complaining, but Nickelodeon, it was weird because I'm like, Nickelodeon had already expressed they wanted to make it, you know, make it friendly for the kids to understand and so a lot of adults were a little annoyed with that but ultimately i loved it uh, i enjoyed it uh and you know maybe maybe we'll start seeing a few more games on nickelodeon you know who we shall see yeah i could see that for you know cbs and nickelodeon doing a simulcast every yeah. couple, you know, once you know a couple weeks next season you know to you know see how the kids and you know at least the family side you know to Maybe see how well that would do. Boom. Hey, um, Flex, Mike, did you cover uh, the Chicago Bears news real quick since we're on the Bears? That the, they kept their GM and their coach? Yeah, and that Nagy, yeah. Actually, that Nagy actually had Mahomes and Watson above uh, Trubisky on his draft board? We did not mention that, but yes, yeah, I mean, I, who did I had no idea. I had no idea that I thought Nagy was all um all in on Trubisky, but come to find out, he has Mahomes and Watson above him. So that's a <laughs> Nagy's just like that's a great way for y'all to drop the ball, GM. <laughs> yeah. So so Nagy's like Nagy probably is sitting there thinking while everyone's like, oh, I can't believe you passed on Watson and Mahomes and all, and you took Trubisky, you know? And, and the, the whole time in his office, he's probably looking at, you know, watching whatever TV as he's sitting at his desk. And he's like, I did it, though. He's, that was not me. And so it's just one of those situations that it's like, man, we, we, we often throw this uh, unfair criticism towards these, these coaches and GMs sometimes, and, and we don't know the, the whole picture. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's actually like super entertaining. Okay. So, you, so let's you move guys, to this uh, game. You, uh, you guys be prepared for Chicago to make a huge trade. They're, they say they're all in. They're all in for next season. So they may be in on the Watson sweepstakes. We shall see. 
Yeah, there's a chance that he could go to Miami. I saw some things like about that. Watson potentially going to Miami, but um, I like Miami. Oh, I, I yeah. like Miami. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> and I'm saying the no, no, no on the aspect of Miami's got their quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, unless they get Fitzpatrick out of there, then it's going to be no. two at time only. But I no, that's that's not what they're doing. Like, I wholeheartedly the, the, feel like Miami has the quarterback situation. Just fine. Look here, no, I, I don't. A lot of players, a lot of players aren't pleased with. Okay, I'm once again, I'm a huge Alabama fan. I was not a fan of Tua. I didn't, I didn't see the special, the special that everyone saw, and so a lot of the Dolphins players are speaking out saying that you know Tua's nothing special, you know. So uh, if I'm, if I'm Miami, I try to get that deal done as soon as you can. Yeah. Th- the problem is that, you know, on paper you say, yes, we have our quarterback because we just drafted him last year and he, you know, played a few games. We took him out, but you took him out multiple times. Um, you sat him down multiple times. And so okay. if, I, if I'm Miami, knowing the roster that I have, knowing the draft picks that I have coming up, um, the young nucleus that I have already established there, um, the the trade proposal, as I remember it, would be Deshaun Watson for Tua plus picks, right? Yep. So Tua would have to go to Houston, and you would essentially waste his entire life because he's would be in Houston, and that would be awful. But oh, Deshaun Watson makes you a winner right now. Oh yeah, all all of those, all of those. Oh, we got to bench this guy so we can put Fitz Magic in. Fitzmagic ain't sniffing the field if Deshaun Watson's there. No. Um, and but, so, but before while we're talking on trades for Houston, um, what about JJ Watt getting dealt? Because he uh, he's furiously frustrated down there with that the culture right now. He's I think he's officially checked out of Houston. And oh he's yeah, looking to go somewhere. That oh yeah, is, um, he came out and you know he apologized to Deshaun because. Even some of the locker room guys are checked out, you know. So he apologized to Deshaun, but it's the narr- like where would he go? You know, what kind of draft capital do you give up for a you know former defensive player of the year, three times to be exact? Um, you know, but he's injury prone sometimes, you know. You don't know if he'll play a full season. What do you give up for that? That's that's a tough. I mean, of yeah. course it's gonna have to be someone in the position of needing defense work. So at the, I would say at least that I would think being a homer for a moment, I would probably say Seattle would be one of the spots because they need that defense to be, be stacked there. And who else can you bring in? You know, but JJ Watt, a feared man from Houston, that would oh, be a good place. A man. That would that's be a great place man. to fit him in up here at Seattle. Okay. Um, Philly, they need the defense. They don't have the, they don't have the cap space though. The cap space, that's the problem. <laughs> but defense, they need it. Obviously, actually, anyone in the a- NFC least would need some defensive help, <laughs> big time. Even your um, Cowboys, even your Cowboys. For, I would say look for. I know I'm always drawing the Colts in in a lot of trade talks and stuff like that, but the Colts just have a lot of cap space. Um, and they've retained most of their draft picks. So if 
I'm the Colts. I give, I, you know, I give Houston a call and say, hey, I'll give you a fourth rounder. You know, I'll give you a fourth round pick, maybe a third, you know, and I'll take J.J. Watt off your hands. So, so something to something just to kind of so that you guys know, um, if you head over to uh, uh, profootballreference.com, you can look up any individual player, their stats year by year. Um, so you talk injury prone. J.J. Watt played 16 games this year. Um, it's funny that he has that tag of injury prone because he's been in the league since 2011. So and long. So, he, so he, he, he played every season, um, all 16 games for 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15, all 16 games. Got hurt in 16, um, only played three games. Got hurt in 17, only played five games. And then in 2018, played 16 again. 2019 uh, got hurt, played eight games, um, and then this last year he played all 16. He had one, one, one interception, one touchdown, and five sacks. So I mean, you know, is he? He's still effective. He oh, yeah. still oh, required. Yeah. He still requires a double team. And if you're not on your A game, he's still one of those guys that can make you look bad. And so any team that's in the market for a defensive end, that's a guy that you could that that you could uh bring to town. And the real question is, what will it take to get him there? Can yeah. you get away with a second round pick, a third round pick? You're talking about a guy who's been in the league uh coming up on 10 years now. Mm -hmm. So um, you know, he's 31 years old. And that's important, you know, because defensive end is a very physical position and you just don't know how long those guys are going to last. And so all I know is any team would be lucky to have him. I mean, he's a stand up guy, you know, all that money he raised yeah, for the man. city of Houston and stuff. So um, there's a, there, there's a there's plenty there um, with J.J. Watt. There's zero character oh, yeah. issues. Um, if he gets into the right scheme, like people off, I, I heard multiple times this season, oh, J.J. Watts lost it. He only had five sacks this year. I'm like, yeah, but look how historically bad. Like, Houston. put J.J. Watt on a team where he gets a chance to pin his ears back and really rush the passer, exactly. playing a good defense, then those, those five sacks could turn into 12 sacks. You know, Boom. so like or those 13. things are – yeah, those things are completely uh, achievable on a team that's even middle of the road defense or better. Um, oh, and so, are you, are, you are you preaching today, baby? Yeah, I, I can do a little bit of that sometimes. <laughs> From time to time, I've been known to spit the word out. Um, <laughs> okay, let's get to some good words that I like, which is the Browns beating the Steelers on Sunday. You guys both went Pittsburgh. I went Cleveland. Um <laughs> Uh, Cam's pops is probably furious that his team laid an egg like that. That's all right. Cleveland beats uh, Pittsburgh forty-eight to thirty-seven after having a twenty-eight to nothing lead at the end of the first quarter. I'll say it again: at the end of the first quarter, um, ah. you know they Pittsburgh just looked bad, uh, yeah. and and B Baker Mayfield looks efficient. So Baker Mayfield was 21 for 34, 
263 yards and three touchdowns. Not a lot of touchdowns or not a lot of yards, I mean. But what happened was they got down into the red zone and he was like, here, Nick Chubb, take this. Nick Chubb, 18 carries, 76 yards, okay? Uh, Kareem Hunt had multiple touchdowns. Let's look here. Um, I'm looking Kareem Hunt rushing. He had eight carries for 48 yards and two touchdowns, okay? And it's not even like the running backs were popping off these big time runs. Um, Nick Chubb's longest run was 20 yards. Kareem Hunt's longest run was 13 yards. So, it, it, you know, it's not like we're talking about, oh, he popped one for 68 and a touchdown. They just beat him. They played defense and uh, they beat him. Ben Roethlisberger, four touchdowns, four interceptions. Um, any guess? Any guess on how many attempts at throwing the football he had? I'll give it to you. Between one, it was, it was sixty-eight. It was in the 60s. I know that there was. It was. was a, I want to say it was an NFL record for Ben Roethlisberger was, to make a throw, yeah. make attempts. Yeah, he was forty-seven for sixty-eight, five hundred and one yards, four touchdowns, four picks. Jeez. Um, I mean, you know he I had a rough day. Warm up that arm and ice that shoulder after every game for you know for pitchers. I mean, give that give Ben Roethlisberger uh, a tub of ice for that shoulder because <laughs> it threw. Yeah. God, we don't, Pittsburgh, and like, Pittsburgh just has no run game, man. Oh my gosh. They need they need their they need an elite running back. Like as much as I love yeah. James Conner, his story. You know, all that he's not the elite guy. They haven't been good at the running back position since Le'Veon Bell was there. So mm. it's time for Pittsburgh to draft one. It's time for Pittsburgh to say goodbye to all their garbage backup quarterbacks, get a real quarterback. If if I'm Pittsburgh, my uh not my first round draft pick, because I it, I'm one of those guys, it's like you don't draft running backs in the first round because they're never worth the amount of money that you would have to pay a first rounder. So I would much if I'm Pittsburgh. Um, I would hope, man, quarterbacks are so hard because they are, are, are they going to be in a position to draft one of the top guys at quarterback? No, you're going to have to no. hope that you find someone or you can get someone out of free agency. But, uh, yeah, I, man, they need a quarterback. Big Ben's old. They need, uh, they need a running back bad. And, uh, I mean, they're, they're, hope they're, they're the, upset. Uh, oh yeah. But uh, so Cam, give me give me your breakdown. What you thought about the game, and uh, and then we'll go to snow after that. Um, well, I think the Steelers made the mistake of sitting uh, sitting their players. They sat their players the week before against the Browns, and literally first play snap over Big Ben's head, and the rest is history. You know, so I think we learned that one Pittsburgh. Uh, I think they came into the game thinking it was going to be easy. I think they were like, oh, well, we played the Browns very close with our backups. We got this. And the Browns came out once again and just another team that you can clearly see wanted the game more than the Steelers did. So, so um, man, yeah, kudos to the Browns uh, for just taking care of business. I, once again, as long as Baker Mayfield is not turning the football over, as long as he's in the pocket clean, he's he can deal. He can deal. He can throw the football. He's a, he's amazing throwing that football, and we're talking about the Browns having one of the best offensive line units in the NFL. Who who would have ever thought that? Who would have ever thought that? So yeah, shout out to the Browns. 
Um, but it's time for the Pittsburgh Steelers to do a slight rebuild on their team. Yeah, they don't have to do too much. The 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 defense is the defense is good, um, or at least they were for most of the season. And like I said, they they've got weapons at receiver. They've they have offensive linemen that are good. They don't have to do a whole lot. Uh, you know, as as Pete Carroll said a few years ago, we're not rebuilding, we're retooling. So that's all they really need to do is they need to just add some pieces. Um, they need to quit assuming that James Conner is just going to turn it on one day and or that Ben, ben Roethlisberger is just going to be a top five quarterback again. Like those days are over. And so um, it, it, it's time to figure some stuff out. But uh, Snow, give me give me your thoughts on the game. I know you've kind of been a Cleveland Brown hater on these yeah. airwaves. You you think yeah. we're talking about the Browns of old, but uh, you know the Browns are here and uh, they win the game. Well, you gotta understand something from my perspective. As long as I have been watching football, and the sheer you know going back and watching through history. You know, like on YouTube and seeing records and everything, you gotta understand why my hatred, my not hatred, but more like my, I have a, accepted the fact that Cleveland Browns suck. I mean, the team that picked up in the middle of the night went on to Baltimore, and they're still pissed at that. They look that the fact that they won a Super Bowl before they did. Yeah. Um. They left in the middle of the night. You had this is a team that was part of Bottlegate. For all you historians out there, remember Bottlegate. Go and check that out on YouTube, and you'll see <laughs> that Cleveland pissed is was pissed off at just throwing bottles at the refs, throwing bottles at the players, <laughs> in an ensuing riot because of a uh, play that was going on, and that was during oh uh, shoot, who was the coach at that? time frame oh oh crap i cannot forget i i know i think it was butch davis i want to say you might you might be right yeah butch davis but and it it was just so crazy it's like this is a a, an nfl team that you got your fans who are just you know i understand you know pissed off at you know referees and everything but for a bad call or no call but if you're gonna be pissed do it with, you know. Don't be throwing your your beer on the on the sideline. <laughs> don't be th- throwing it on the field. To the point, yeah, it was in the fourth quarter, to where they were continuing to throw, and the refs were like, "Stop throwing, otherwise we're calling the game." Didn't stop, and like the game is over. <laughs> and they were, it was just crazy with that. But yeah, it's just so crazy to think that Cleveland now, it. In almost what twenty, what six, seventeen years? Actually, yeah, actually no, twenty-seven years. Yeah, that they're won a, a playoff game. <laughs> that, that is just so crazy to believe. And now they're off that off the list for te- you know re- teams who are no longer on a playoff win drought. And I think the only teams left is like Cincinnati, Detroit, and maybe. Denver, I want to say. No, Denver no, okay. got to win with Tim Tebow. Okay. And not just yeah. that, Denver won a Super Bowl a few years yeah. ago. What do you mean? Yeah, well, yeah. 
I, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm trying. I know I was trying to remember the other. Like there was a couple other teams, but I know it was the big ones were Detroit and Cincinnati. Those are still in playoff droughts. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure the Jets are up there as well. They haven't been back to the playoffs, I believe, since those. Mark uh, Sanchez, back to, yeah, Mark Sanchez days. So, um, okay. So, good, good, good talk on that. But um, before we get into our picks for the week, I told you guys earlier in the chat that we're in. I wanted to. I wanted to talk about this biggest letdown this season, and and. There are two teams specifically that come to mind. It's the this year Seattle Seahawks because they were twelve and four. They get eliminated by um, by the Los Angeles Rams and Jared Goff, who doesn't even have a thumb on his throwing hand. And they then, don't even want Jared Goff to be their quarterback anymore. Exactly. Um, and then and oh. then you have the the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who what are they in? Eleven and five. Or did they? Or did they end twelve and four as well? I don't remember, but they were. They five, started. Yeah, they five, started five. eleven and zero, and so. Oh, you you, I, you got some I things to have, worry about there. Oh, I do actually now have the full list of longest playoff win droughts. Whatchamacallit's at fifteen years. Their their last one was 05. Vegas Raiders, eighteen years. Their last one was in 02. I'm for, oh sorry. Uh, the oh, no, Dolphins, twenty years. Their last one was in 2000, and then Detroit at 29. Their last one was in 91, and then Cincinnati tops the charts at 30 years, 1990. Oh my, oh my gosh! The longest oh drought. <laughs> so. I don't I know about to... you guys, but but does that make you hate Marvin Lewis just a little bit more, knowing that you had all those teams that were good but just couldn't win in the playoffs? That makes me mad at Marvin Lewis, just uh, off the top of my head. Not even 30 one years. Playoff. I know, man. 30 years. Okay. Anyway, back to our question. So, right. bigger letdown of the season. The, the Seattle Seahawks or the Pittsburgh Steelers? And and I phrase this question, and, and I'll start by saying my answer um, I really wanted to go with Seattle and ultimately the deciding factor was, um, that Seattle didn't start 11 and 0 like Pittsburgh did. Nope. And Pittsburgh was firmly in that number one seed spot with like, a. I think the only team that was really close to them at the time was the, uh, the Kansas city chiefs. Cause I think Kansas city only lost like one or two games the whole season. Yeah. Um, and, and so, but Pittsburgh had everything going their way. They were 11 and 0, you know, whatever. But Seattle was, I mean, I in my opinion Seattle played a much tougher division. I think the NFC is um is tougher oh. from top to bottom in comparison to the AFC which is uh, top heavy and the teams on the bottom aren't very good. Um but Cam, I'll go to you. Who do you think who do you think is the bigger letdown this season? Okay, you went you went Pittsburgh. I think we all know Pittsburgh is, but for the sake of, you know, the show, I'm going to go Seattle. Um I thought Seattle could make the Super Bowl, especially after the trade for Dunlap, that defense t- tuned it up. I believe there is a such thing as mid-season form and I think that I think the Seattle Seahawks defense was just late to the party. Um man, Russ like Russ was cooking steadily but not like 
as hot as earlier in the season, you know, and ultimately the offensive coordinator, you know, they decided to part ways um, in that manner. So I got to I'm going to go with Seattle just because I had them as a Super Bowl favorite or at least playing the Green Bay Packers for the division title, you know, um, and not to see them, you know, not to see them make it is. Ugh. Yeah, who are you tell I'm preaching the choir over here, but uh, <laughs> Snow, uh, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, both sides are equally enticing for this argument. I mean, you got Pittsburgh, who was literally perfect for what eleven weeks, and then they fell off the cliff and lost four their or five of the last four. Um, and then Seattle, yeah, they started five and zero, but Afterwards, they get knocked. They get knocked around. I actually had a close matchup with the Cards. They lose that one. Come back against the 49ers, a weak 49ers, mind you, and then they lose two straight. Uh, and then, but the feel with the Seahawks, uh, and mind you, is that the it was the defense that we knew in the first five weeks that this was a not a strong defensive team and it was shown against the Arizona Cardinals in week seven after their first game after the bye week the Steelers on the other hand they felt and looked like the team that was bulked up and literally nothing could penetrate them you could throw a tank at these guys and they would just straight through those 11 weeks. So I would say Pittsburgh just on the plain fact that, yeah, they were perfect all almost the entire season. And then they lose four of their last five and they go into the playoffs limping literally. And mind you, they played Cleveland the last game of the season to try to stop Cleveland to get into the playoffs. Had Cleveland lost, they would have been outside looking in and the drought would have continued in Cleveland and they would have been continuing to drink heavily that dog pound. But well, you don't fit your starters. But the pure fact that Pittsburgh lost and in a close fashion, they lost in close fashion to know that, okay, we're going to sit our players and they still had a somewhat fight in them, and they allowed Cleveland to win and get into the playoffs. But now that you, they play them week wild card weekend, and the fact that they got the brakes beat off them from the first offensive snap for Pittsburgh to just go like a Denver Super Bowl moment back at 48 against the Seahawks just... <laughs> And uh, it was instead of a safety, they got a touchdown in that case. But Cleveland came out with vampire fangs and looking like they wanted blood against a Steelers team that has been, I would say, bitch slapping them for over a, like the longest time for decades. So I'm saying Pittsburgh had the worst collapse between the two. Yeah. yeah. Um, I completely agree there. Um, really at the end of the day, you could give it to either one. Both were pretty disappointing. Um, but 
here we are. That's why you play the games. Um, yep. There's a lot of th- there's a lot of things to. So if if the if the Seattle Seahawks fans out there want to hold their hat because they didn't have any players test positive for COVID, you know, thumbs up, congratulations. Like if you want that moral victory, or whatever, I'll take playoff victories over moral victories. Hey. I don't care about any of that stuff. Hey, you know what? Um, to say the least, at least we can exit with the wild with the a- NFC West title under our belt. We got that out of our now, system. Yo, yo, hey, 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 no more victories around here. <laughs> hey, hey, if we're gonna take the, we didn't have anyone test positive. We're also gonna take that NFC West title. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. Well, and we're, we're taking the NFC West there. title regardless. Um, that's yeah. a banner that you get to hang. You don't get to win your division all the time. So, um, okay, let's let's jump to our picks for the week. There is one, two, three, four games this week. Woo! Two on Saturday, two on Sunday. There is no uh, morning game on Saturday. The first game on the docket Saturday will be the Los Angeles Rams taking on the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau. Green Bay number one seed. Green Bay favored by six and a half points this morning, or I believe yesterday it was at eight and a half points. So I don't know what made it shift necessarily, but let's um, just for the sake of it, it right as of right now, it is scheduled to be 32 degrees and snowing. At kickoff, all um, right. So on the frozen I mean, it's, tundra of Lambo Field, <laughs> yeah. So it's Lambo. It's outside. You're not getting away from it. The Rams. You playing that sun California all the time. So we're about <laughs> to see what's what's going on. You got Jalen Ramsey coming to town with that Los Angeles Rams defense. Going to try and see if he can lock up Devontae Adams, which absolutely no one has done all season. Nobody has but, no one. But if there was a man that could do it, he would go by the name Jalen Ramsey. Um, so we will see. I'm going to go ahead and start with you, Cam. Who do you have in this one, the Rams or the Packers? I'm going to take the Packers only because we don't know who the Rams starting quarterback will be. And it probably went to eight points just because I think Wofford is actually might get the start. So um, think about that. You know, you're a franchise quarterback you're going to choose not to start him, even though he's kind of healthy. You know, it wasn't as if Jared Goff was a healthy scratch or anything. He was just a backup. You know, he happened to come in and win last week. But it it seems to me that they're going to go Wofford again, uh, possibly against the Packers. And so I'm going to – and that Rams defense is legit. It's legit. And literally, if the Rams possibly had any other quarterback, I probably would take the Rams. But – I'm going to take the Packers here. I'm going to play it safe. Uh, give me the Packers over the Rams. Okay, Snow, what about you? I would figure you're going to take the safe bet after the dismal weekend you had last week with a 2-4 and four record. And unfortunately, that just dropped you behind this man right here to my right, Mr. Flex Mike, as he takes the lead by one. Again, by long by one in the season but for this game unfortunately i feel like i have to take the safe bet too i gotta go with green bay uh the rams are i would say are coming in damaged 
big time. You lose a quarterback. Uh, literally, he had to get s you know carried out by ambulance to bring in the injured Jared Goff. And while yeah, they did win by ten, I and you know I would feel like with the Seahawks game that that game last week, had you take away the pick six from that screen pass. And you win, I would say you would win by three. This would be a three-point game, but you take out that pick six right there. I just feel like Green Bay, they had the week to rest. They know what they saw with the Rams. So I'm going with the safe bet, too, and give me the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field, the Packers. Yeah, I'm 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 there with the Packers as well. Um you might be able to shut down Devontae Adams or slow him down. Um, but you, you gotta remember you're on on the other side of the ball, the captain of that offense right now is Aaron Rodgers. He's your soon to be MVP. Um he has been doing it all season because the Packers thought it would be funny to draft Jordan Love, and he quickly is reminding them who exactly the hell he is. Um, Aaron Rodgers is going to uh, play in this game. The defense is not going to be able to slow Aaron Rodgers down. I think he will still have a day. I'm not saying he's going to throw for 400 yards or anything, but i say he's probably going to throw for around two or 300 yards. He's going to have a few touchdowns. Devontae Adams is probably going to catch two of them. He might even catch one on Jalen Ramsey. Who knows? But I'm telling you, Green Bay is winning this game. If 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 Goff plays, they're definitely winning because Goff is not a good quarterback. I've said it all season. I've said it since he got drafted. Yes. Um, hey, and, hey, and, hey, Flex Mike, do you want to go? Do you want to go work for ESPN, man? Because I swear we would be pretty great at this. Because we literally <laughs> said Goff is not a not a good quarterback. Just because you get drafted number one or number two doesn't make you good. Ask Tim Couch. <laughs> um, but uh, what I'll petty. Say, you're petty. Yeah. What I will say is, uh, Green Bay is going to win. I mean, if if Wolford plays, Wolford was not good when Goff came in. He was an upgrade over Wolford. Like Wolford had multiple. I think he had two or three drives before he got hurt, and it is what it is. But like Goff was an upgrade. Like so, it is what it is. I'm going Green Bay. We all go Green Bay across the board. Um, let, let's move to our Saturday night game. Saturday night has the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Buffalo Bills um, on NBC. That game has Buffalo favored by two and a half points. They will be in Buffalo, New York for that game. And for the sake of it, weather conditions as of this moment, it looks like it'll be 37 degrees and snowing. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> So if it's a snow weekend or at least a snow Saturday, I will not complain. Um, I'll, I'll I'm gonna go back to you, Cam, on this one. But um, one thing you missed earlier was what I was talking about is Buffalo got all the lucky breaks this last week against uh, oh, against yeah. Indy. It ain't oh, rolling yeah. that way against against this Baltimore defense. They know they're watching the ball, so um, they're a little bit more experienced. So um, I'll let you go ahead. Who are you have in this one? 
See, this is my thing with that's my thing with Buffalo. That's my thing with Josh Allen. Uh, Josh Allen is a is phenomenal. You know, he's really good, but he will do his best to try to give you the game. He will do his best to try to give you the game. And knowing that, and man, I've been riding with Buffalo all season long, but this is the playoffs. And Josh Allen, and I think this is his second playoff game. Um, we're going into his third. He has shown me that I will give you the game. If if I have no matter how close the game is, I will try to give it away. And I think he's gonna do it again against the Ravens, and they will capitalize. Give me Baltimore to take this victory over the Bills. Now, I won't be surprised if the Bills win because I really, I really enjoy their defense. But yeah, give me the Ravens. Okay, yeah. Snow, what do you think in this one? Well, taking out the weather, you know, taking out the weather, because both teams can play outdoors. They're both outside teams. Uh, granted, Buffalo will have a little bit more of the advantage with, you know, being up there in New York and having fans in the stands. Bill have Bills Mafia. Um, again, uh, last week, Buffalo gets out of wildcard weekend barely by three. Baltimore survives by seven against them Titans, but I mean, actually, I not even say survive, but they they get out yeah, they, of Tennessee yeah. with a seven point win. It's this is going to be a I would say this is going to be your close game of the week end. This is going to be the closest game of the weekend. Um, and I really do not know who's going to you know get that who has that edge. I mean, you got Josh <laughs> Allen. Who can handle himself, especially in the you know we're gonna see him outside in the snow. Man, this is gonna be tough. I mean, and L- Lamar Jackson, what can you not say anything good about him? I mean, he run and gun. He's a, this is a dual threat, same as Russell Wilson. He can throw it on a dime and he can run it on a dime. So, Cam goes Baltimore for the sake of this. I, I feel like. For the defensive aspect, if the defense can hold Lamar Jackson in the pocket and keep him from running the ball, I will give it to Buffalo. I will hop on the Buffalo and just wagon and circle with the Bills Mafia because this is going to be a close game. This will be the close game of the weekend for Divisional Saturday or and for Divisional Weekend. Bar none. Um, yeah, I, I think I think it'll be close. As well, um, I I think there's an obvious mismatch when you're talking about Stephon Diggs and anyone in the Baltimore Ravens secondary. Oh yeah. Um, I I don't care if you're talking Marcus Peter Peters, if you're talking Marlon Humphrey, I don't care who it is. Diggs is having a great season and is awesome and is playing well. And so, um, when it comes to all that, uh, I'll say that I don't know who can really do work offensively from a receiver position outside of digs. And so I'll say this, give me Baltimore once again. Um, I'm going to take Baltimore in this one. I think they have a running back advantage. I think the quarterback that Baltimore has is better than the quarterback that Buffalo has. Um, 
And I'm I'm looking for uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown to kind of have a, a much better breakout game this week. K. Dobbins, he's going to be out there eating. Uh, he's mad that his Ohio State Buckeyes laid an absolute fat egg in the <laughs> national championship. So, um, oh God. So, uh, Mama Snow back there chiming in with some uh-huh. roll tide. Okay. Um, oh yeah. So, Eighteen, baby. Give me, yeah, give me, uh, give me Baltimore in that one as well. I'm rolling Baltimore. Um, I think it'll be close. I really thought you. I really thought you were gonna go Buffalo. Honestly. No, sir. I'm not a Josh Allen fan. But anyway, we'll we'll keep it rolling. Um, okay, let's move to Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. afternoon game. The Cleveland Browns are taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City is favored by 10 points. Cam, go ahead. Oh, Mike, you go first. No, I'm, I'm going in order here, okay? And this is the order we're going in. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, man, the Chiefs have been sitting for like three weeks, man, the starters. Oh, and there's one thing. Look here. I feel like teams don't understand. There's one way to beat the Chiefs. You have to run the football. You got to control that clock. And the Browns have two of the best runners in football. I don't trust that Chiefs defense, but I love the offense. I need this victory, all right? I need this. So (laughs) give me the Browns, all right? I think the Browns can somehow take care of business over the Chiefs just because I need this victory here. Uh, Once again, won't be surprised if the Chiefs win. But it's something about that Cleveland team that I saw. It's something. There's something there, you know? And if Baker wins this game, Baker can solidify himself as, a, you know, as their franchise. I think they'll sign him no matter what. I think Baker's going to stay, but I think this for sure, like the Browns are hanging their hat on that. So give me the Browns over the Chiefs, but I think it'll be really close. <laughs> he did it. Okay, Snow, who do you have in this one? Cleveland or Kansas City? There's a reason why there is a team that had – the week off because they dominated hence a couple, you know, maybe a couple games, but there's a reason why the Kansas city chiefs are number one and the Cleveland Browns are six Browns had to survive. They had to win at the last game of the week to just to get into the playoffs. And the fact that, yes, I may be wearing orange right now. I've moved on to hockey season for me. I have officially checked out and checked into hockey season, everybody. But I'm not wearing orange for Cleveland because I feel like they had a one and lucky lucky game last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers who took them for granted for two straight weeks, obviously. And they obviously last week they blew the doors and the brakes off of Pittsburgh just to piss them off and to get uh, all their frustration of years of missing the playoffs, years of getting used and abused by Pittsburgh. But I feel like KC is going to come in at home, mind you. Cleveland can't host a game. They will not host a game all season. They will not be a home team, even if, and the key word is if, LA makes it through to Super Bowl, they will not be an a, a home team. They will be the road team. 
which is not going to happen. Let's just be honest. Um, I'm going KC. Give me them Chiefs to tomahawk, to scalp this Brown back home and so they can get back to the bar. <sighs> did, did you guys know that no team has made the Super Bowl since 2012 without a bye in the first round? Giants. Either on the, the AFC or the NFC. Since 2012, there has not been a team in the Super Bowl that did not have a first-round bye. So think about that for a second. And another thing I would want to think about is – I would want to think about Kansas City sitting for multiple weeks. Like, man, it's it's been a long time, dude. This is a team that is just sitting back and like, okay, our guys are our main guys rested. They're hungry. They're showing their teeth. They want to repeat. Let me say again, they want to be two-time champs of the world and get back-to-back rings here. So this is a team that is dangerous or can be dangerous to the team that barely gets in. And, yeah, they had a great week last week blowing the doors off. But this is a team, Kansas City, who has players that are ready and are angry, you know, probably going to be excited to host a game and ready to thrash anybody who comes into their stadium for the next two weeks. Okay, look here. You said that. Yeah. Now I really hope the Browns beat them. Now I'm really, now I'm really <laughs> on the Browns wagon. And that's so, the point where he just falls off the wagon. So the he, here's realistically what I think is going to happen. I think that Casey is going to come out in their normal Casey stuff. I think that they will score. I think that Cleveland will then come out and run the ball and drastically slow the game down. Where in a normal game of this magnitude, the Chiefs could win this game 40 to 17. I think that this could be a 31 to 17 victory for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, because secondary-wise, I'm not sure Cleveland has enough to keep up with everything that Kansas City offers. Um, there's there's just an issue with what's going on with Cleveland. If, if Kansas City gets to a point where they say, okay, Baker Mayfield, we're shutting this run down, bus. That's what I've been saying all season. When when Cleveland ran all over Dallas, I was like, they. my biggest critique of Dallas was you didn't force Baker Mayfield to play football. But here's a, there's, a, there's a massive gap between the Dallas Cowboys and the Kansas City Chiefs, right? So the massive gap being Kansas City's win now. They're ready to win Super Bowls right now. Um, and the, the other thing is Kansas City – is coached well enough where they can force Baker Mayfield to play football. And I think from the things I know about football, from the things I've watched about football since I've been watching football, which is a long time. I'm about to be 33 years old. I've been watching football a long time. Um, 
Kansas City wins this game, like I said, a little bit lower scoring than probably what they would like. It could be a 31 to 17. It could be 28 to 17. It could be a little bit closer, but I'm going to take Kansas City on this one. And then we're going to move on to our our, our final game. We got to pick some points on this one. This is our tiebreaker pick. You have the Buccaneers as the six seed, or are they the five seed? No. Five. Yeah, they are the five because Rams are six. Um, Yeah, so they're the five. They are taking on the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans is favored by three. I'll say this. I think that Tampa Bay has vastly improved since New Orleans has seen them last. Um, And I'm curious as to what this game will be like. I'm glad it's Sunday night. I think this is going to be a super entertaining game. And I love seeing Antonio Brown back under the lights, doing his thing, playing well. Um, just makes me happy. So, Cam, start with you once again. Bucks or Saints and New Orleans favored by three. It's really tough to beat a team three times, you know, three in a row. Uh, the Saints swept them through the season, swept the Buccaneers. And I've been telling myself this whole time I was not going to pick the Bucs. I was not going to pick them to beat the Saints. I've been screaming it in my head. Don't do it. It's something about the Saints that I don't trust. And, I mean, it might be the past years of, you know, everything that's happened to the Saints. And I see that lightsaber, man. And I'm wanting to say Buccaneers. But Tom Brady ain't getting no love from me. Give me the New Orleans Saints, baby. They take them down once again, three times in a row. I think this is the Saints year to finally make the Super Bowl. I don't want to say win the Super Bowl, but I think this is their chance to make the Super Bowl. So give me the Saints. Um, How many points? Saints, Saints, let me say 52. 52, yeah. Okay. Okay. Go ahead, Snow. Wow. Um, this is going to be a very interesting game uh, on Sunday late afternoon game right here uh, on Fox. The Saints last week, let's let's be real honest here. The Saints got an, a gimme game last week against the Chicago Bears. I feel like this, you know, the Saints... Yeah, they won 21 to 9, but still Chicago did not play up to snuff. I mean, for a 7 seed, they they literally just said, "Hi, we're here in the playoffs." And then New Orleans just said, "Welcome," and there's the door right there for you. Right there. A- a- exits right there. Just say hi, hi to everybody on your on your way out. Go enjoy Bourbon Street. Go 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 and get some jambalaya before you head on home. Because it was that short for Chicago. Um, Tampa Bay, on the other hand, they had a battle. They had to fight the four seed. Granted, it's the Washington Watchamacallits in the NFC East. Least Close champ. game, wasn't it? Yeah. Close game, 31-23 com- you know, compared to the Saints and their 21-9 ass whooping on Chicago. So, I think that the Tampa Bay game last week was their tune-up. 
was, you know, hey, we're here. We earned this, you know, number five spot. Let's go out and beat a number four team that's hosting us. We're not hosting a game this year uh, because we have to go on the road. No matter what, because either way, if they're playing the Saints, they have to play the Saints this week. They're not hosting. If they play, depending on who they who wins next week, the only slim chance of Tampa Bay hosting a game, the slimmest chance is if Green Bay loses to L.A., then Tampa Bay is hosting the NFC title game. That's it. Before they head on, before they hit, you know, host. And think about this: they could be hosting the NFC title game, and then the Super Bowl. Think about that. That couldn't. That could be a. That's a possibility right here for Tampa Bay's roadmap for Super Bowl. But they got to get past the Saints, and with the Saints' easiest victory last week, I think this week might be is going to be a whole hell of a lot closer. And especially for the fact that they've this is a division rivalry game right here. You got the Saints and Tampa Bay. They've been playing all. Se- they played twice this season. I think, unfortunately for Drew Brees and what could possibly be his final season. Oh, for sure it is. For sure it is. What could be his final season and his final playoff run? I think that this is going to get stopped. In the, in the bayou, I think the Saints lose a close game. Let me be, let me emphasize this. They lose a close game. Field goal, I say maybe last second field goal, maybe even a, a touchdown. But they lose this one close. I say, so I'm picking up the sword. I'm hopping on the Jolly Roger. Give me Tampa Bay. And I'm going to say... They win it 45 points. Okay, okay. Um, so when we when we talk about Tampa Bay, right? Let's let's revisit Tampa Bay. Some clear struggles earlier earlier in the season. Okay. The the Tampa Bay Bucks, right? They lose to the Saints to open the week uh, or to open the season. And the biggest knock on them was that they could feast on the garbage teams, but they could not take care of the good teams. Um, so they, you know, they feast on the Panthers 31 to 17. They beat the Broncos 28 to 10. They, uh, they, they beat the Chargers 38 to 31. They lose to the Bears 20 to 19. These are all games that have taken place. They beat up the Raiders 45 to 20. You know, they they come out a few weeks later, they take on the Saints again for their second division matchup. They lose 38 to 3. Um the Rams beat the Buccaneers 27 to 24. So there's 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 room here to see a um a world where the Bucks can be criticized because they are feasting on the bad teams and they are not beating the good teams. Um, but let me refresh your memory for a second. Travel back with me. Week six. Week six. 
the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are playing in Raymond James Stadium. Don't don't you do that. Taking on the Green Bay Packers, and they beat the Green Bay Packers thirty-eight to ten. Would you say that Green Bay's a good team? Mm-hmm. They're the number one seed in the NFC overall. Um, they they this is Rogers' stat line from when they played: sixteen for thirty-five, hundred and sixty yards, and two interceptions. Aaron Rodgers throws zero touchdowns in that game. And one of his interceptions was a pick six. And did I mention that he threw a pick six and then came out the very next drive and threw another interception? He threw back-to-back interceptions. Losing that game, um, Devontae Adams had six catches for 61 yards in that game. So all of that to say that Tampa Bay is very capable of beating a good team. Like I said earlier, I think that Tampa Bay is playing much better football than they've played all season at this point. They are peaking at the right moment. I do not trust anything New Orleans is doing. I don't trust Drew Brees if he has to throw the ball more than 15 to 20 yards down the field. Um, I really like Tampa Bay's D-line. I like their defense as a whole, to be honest. Let's... Let's talk about a few things, though, right? You've got some injuries. Tampa Bay has injuries. New Orleans has injuries. All of Tampa Bay's Mike Evans, Ronald Jones, Chris Godwin, Jason Pierre-Paul, and Carlton Davis are all questionable. To me, an already thin receiving core in New Orleans uh, just put Traquan Smith on IR. Jared Cook's questionable. Um, their, their offensive tackle... Um, uh, Armstead, questionable. Taysom Hill, questionable. Latavius Murray, questionable. The only surefire thing on the Saints right now are Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. That's not enough to beat Tampa Bay. Go ahead and swing that sword, Snow, because I'm taking Tampa Bay, and I'm going to go 53. Tampa Bay and 53. Ah! You made valid points. You're not you're not wrong in your assessment. Once again, I just need this victory, so hopefully I'm right. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, you this. do need this victory. Another thing, I want to see another Green Bay, Tampa Bay NFC Championship game. I would love to see that. I want to see that rematch. Talk- I don't. Ah. Oh. God, it's but you're that. talking about two all time greats. You're talking about Aaron Rodgers against Tampa Bay. Right, mm-hmm. that would be sweet, and it would be in, and it would be in Lambo. And chances are, January in Lambo is awful. If you have to do that, it's awful. And it what would awful. make me happier would be, that. Yeah, what would make me even happier is seeing Tom Brady go to Tam- or go to Lambo and not be able to do a single thing. That would be so <laughs> funny to me. Um, uh, here's the thing. Remember this: we know Tom Brady's history in the snow. If he was, you know, say he's to go to uh, back to Lambeau Field and play in the snow, I mean, a uh, tuck rule tuck kind rule. of. Oh, God. Of course. <laughs> Fortunately, I have to bring up that bad history, you know, for Raider fans. But, yeah, the tuck rule, he know 
he could get it done in the snow, unfortunately. You know, being in Boston for almost can well, those receivers get it done in the snow, though? That's the question. Yeah. That's the real but question. Think about, but really think about this. We get a Green Bay and we're just spitballing for next week for title games. Uh we get a Green Bay versus Tampa Bay. That would be, you know, I would love to see that matchup because number one, you're gonna have Green Bay trying to get back to the Super Bowl for what? First time in couple what? How many years? Off the top of the head? Uh, I think they 10, have, 10. I think it's ten years. The, okay, yeah, two, wait, yeah, two thousand ten. They beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Super okay. Bowl. Yeah. So ten about ten years. Tampa Bay having a chance to not only be the NFC champs, but to host for the first time host a Super Bowl in their own stadium. How incredible history would that be? And not only that, Tom Brady is hosting the, the freaking Super Bowl party in Tampa Bay. That would be so huge for Tampa on its own. And to see who comes out of that AFC title game, depending on what happens, Buffalo, Baltimore, Casey, or... Can't say it. Hey, that C that C but, on your chest right there, Snow. That C on your chest stands for Cleveland. <laughs> no, it will never stand for Cleveland. It will stand for Captain Duck. Thank you very much, Captain <laughs> Duck, on these airways. But again, this would be a very great. You know, depending on what happens this week, we're going to get great matchups for the AFC and NFC title games next week, which should be a blast. And to see who's going to move on to Super Bowl. Right. Okay, so that wraps it up for the week for us. There is one, two, three, four, five games for your viewing pleasure. Uh, um, four. One, yeah, two, three. Oh, sorry. I was I was counting my numbers at the bottom. <laughs> that is, that's not a game. There's four. There's four. There's four games this week. You get two on Saturday. You get two on Sunday. Enjoy your football weekend. Play your daily fantasy sports. Throw some money on there and see if you can, you know, win a couple bucks or something. Uh, we are the Flex Network. We are on Twitter at the Flex Network One. That is Cowboy Cam below me. You can find him on Twitter at Cowboy Cam 11 on his Facebook page, Cowboy Cam. Find him there. Um, the Flex Network is on every uh, um, podcasting platform. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram and Twitter, like previously mentioned. So find us on all those places. Like, subscribe, share with your friends if you like our content. Um, as for the snowman, he will be back tomorrow evening talking all the things that you want to hear about wrestling. You can find the Flex Network on uh, their wrestling channels on YouTube at uh, FlexNet underscore PW Elite on Twitter. Yep, yep for Twitter. And then, of yes. course, our YouTube channel is Flex Network Wrestling. Yes, and so um, they... He will be there. He'll be breaking it all down for you as the Royal Rumble approaches, one of the best pay-per-views. And so here we go. Um, I'm Flex Mike. We are the Flex Network. I will catch you guys later. Peace out.